This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now on The Law School Show. Hello everyone, welcome back to The Law School Show. I'm Karen and we are here today to cover part two of our exam prep roundtable. So just to recap, our part one exam prep roundtable was about how to build a good summary and study groups and just general study tactics. But in part two, we're going to be covering more specifically exams. So we talk about how they studied for exams, methods of preparation for 100% exams, emergency tactics when you're low on time, and of course, exam writing. So here are some of our tips on how to prepare for a law school exam. I will highlight in my textbook in six different colors. So when I'm looking at a case, the entire text is color-coded and I know exactly where to look for if I'm looking for the facts or the ratio, if I'm looking for any legal precedents or statutes, and it's just right there in front of me. And I build an outline as I go. Starting from the end of the first class, I just have a working outline and all the briefs get integrated into that after every class. Jasmine, how about you? Like, how, how do I study? Do you color coat your notes? <laughs> Not at all. Although that sounds really awesome, and I, maybe yeah. I should incorporate a little bit of that, yeah. I don't know, I think it's interesting, because I was thinking about what Brad said about having some marks where you're like, wow, I knocked that out of the park. But considering I had some other really awful marks come in, like public law first year, I was like, dang. It was great! Oh man, I got that multiple choice back, and I was like, I missed one question. I am so awesome. And then I looked at why I did well on that. It's because I worked in the government. Like, the material that they're giving you is stuff that I was already really familiar with. And I started to realize the places where I was getting better marks and things was where I had sort of taken a step back and had the broad strokes. So anything where I had really narrowed in and tried to understand one issue or one case or a gray area of the law, it's like, I totally missed the point. And so I think for studying, once I got to second semester, I realized it was more about, yeah, What's the prof really trying to see that we can, what, what do we really know? What are we really trying to get out of you? And what things have you been able to take away? It's not necessarily going to be about those areas where the law hasn't decided, you know, like crim is the worst part of that. Like, oh, we've got some cases that say this and some say this and the Supreme Court doesn't really know. There's split judgments on all these things. That's not what they're gonna examine you, examine you on. Like, they're gonna try to make sure that you, you understand the basics and how to apply um, more fundamental concepts. So, yeah. I, I agree with exactly what Jasmine just said, but I want to like zoom into one point where she said um, getting the big picture. I My observation was the classes that I did do well in. So for me, public law, I adored that class because I, for some reason, got the big picture. I could see it in my head even like in when interviews came. They asked me about that and I just like went on and on and on. But contracts. College, <laughs> it was just like yeah. learning a new language for me. And I'm like, I thought I was pretty good with languages, but this was a whole new different ballpark for me. And in hindsight, it's because I didn't get the big picture. So I think that's a tip that I would give. Focus more on understanding what is this area of law. And in the grand scheme of things, how does it play out? Not every class is the same. So you can't study for each class the same. I was, I had that habit of doing that in my undergrad because I was an undergrad, I did criminology and sociology. It's all theory, it's all memorizing. But then in law school, something like contracts, it's mainly the rule that mattered. But then for a course like 
constitutional law, the facts can matter quite a bit. So learning to study study for an exam based on what the course is, based on how the professor teaches the course, uh, helped me a lot when I was studying for those exams where I knew that okay, if I'm studying for constitutional law, I should know the facts for a lot of these cases because we're, we might be expected to maybe relate facts. But something like uh, contracts, which is also a fact, fact pattern exam, it was just know what the rules in the situation and apply it to, this, to, to the facts. And the facts of that case were contrasted in old it's such an old law, it, the facts may not be as relevant as the actual rule is. Just learning to treat each course separately and learning to, appreciating each professor's teaching style and how he or she might examine you helped a lot in studying for exams. I'm sure some students are probably wondering, how did you guys handle 100% exams? <laughs> for myself, it was really intimidating. I never had that before, but I actually, I think, I was the most calm studying for a 100% exam. I, for myself, I avoided speaking to a lot of people about it who I knew would probably freak out. I think that's another <laughs> another good piece of advice I've carried on from undergrad is just don't... It's good, in law school, it's good to talk to your peers to help you understand a case better. But at the same time, know which peers are the best to speak with and which ones maybe you shouldn't speak to because there are students that will freak out and that interpret rules and laws differently and they may communicate it differently to you and may not make as much sense to you as it does to them. So just staying calm and being selective in who you speak to and just knowing that you're not going to fail in law school. <laughs> your 100% exams are there for a reason. Even if you do, I think there's a, an ability to rewrite. Yeah, there right? is. Right. Yeah. There is, yeah. Um, in terms of 100%, I think Briefly, I was bothered by it, like, oh, it's 100%. But then it eventually came down to if I knew the material, it yeah. doesn't matter if it was 10% or 100%. Well, this is law school, right? Everybody takes this seriously. You're not going to prepare any less for an exam that's worth 50% or 60% or 70%. Mm -hmm. You're going to do as well as you can every time. Yeah. And the result is sort of out of your control, right? And you, uh, you can really only beat yourself by tying yourself up in knots over the uh, the potential fallout of you know bombing bombing a test, just keep a clear head and do as well as you can. I don't know. I think with 100% exams, what really helped was talking to upper year students who'd had some of those profs, and don't let them just say, "Oh, that prof's really hard." Like, get some examples of what that means, because sometimes. Like for con law, I had Professor Gilbert, and they were like, oh, her exams can be really tough. Well, what does that even mean? Does that mean the questions are hard? No, it meant there were a lot of them. I never found that out from anybody until I'm sitting in front of the exam going, how am I going to finish all these questions? There's no way. And so I, I did get more information from some other upper year students, you know, if you have other profs who say, oh, well, this is what the exam's going to be like, or they've made previous exams available to you, take the time to, yeah. Take the time to look so into that. Important. Yeah, and so I, important. I agree with that. I did do that with con law, and I think, like, I mean, just, like, kick myself over con law, because I love public law, and so, like, for me, the correlation was, like, yeah, if I did well in public law, I love con law. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, so I would definitely echo that. Like, I was told this professor is just hard, and, like, why? Because there were so many questions. Oh, okay, I could, I could finish questions fast, and I did. Like, I finished all the questions on the exam, but in hindsight, it was, oh, no, 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 no. I should have asked, like, what is she looking for? Like, what, 
what is her marketing approach. Um, so I agree with that, like talking to your but asking the right questions. And just remembering that people will always tell you or will always evaluate a professor based on how they did in the course. If they didn't do well in the course, they will yeah. say the professor's hard. Mm. Um, can I just like re-emphasize how important it is to do practice <laughs> exams? Yeah. Um, and I mean, for me, the 100% the exams where I didn't do as well, it was never a question of not knowing the material, it really was timing, right? It was, mm. yeah. I yeah. could write a no short novel, right, to answer this question, but I only have an hour and I have to move on. And not only doing those practice, practice exams, but doing them in exam conditions where you are timing yourself and to get to the point where you can visualize the process of writing this whole answer, how long it's going to take, where you have to be at each step of the way, mm -hmm. um, really I think was pretty critical to how well I ended up doing. The week of exams, right, or two weeks that you have in exams, um, run me through sort of your thought process, your uh, rhythm, how do you detox, how do you drink your sorrows away or not, um, what are some just on the ground, I'm in the middle of the war zone, sleep, how do you deal with it? Sleep, sleep is the biggest one because, I mean in undergrad, and I'm sure you know everyone's going to agree, in undergrad you can pull an all-nighter, you just cram some facts in your head, you're fine, but that's not what law school's about, it's analysis, and if you don't have enough sleep, your brain's not going to be able to make those connections. I really felt it on some of my exams, just going like, Oh, I would have remembered this. I've had an extra few hours there, so I don't know. That's my number one thing for exam week. I'm an insomniac, and I get really nervous with exams. So I, um, it's normal for me to sleep like two hours before for an exam, even though I like I went to bed at nine. I'll give you a story. Public law. I only slept four hours for that exam because I was so nervous. It was my first exam. I ended up killing that exam. So it's not like the end all do all. I would yeah. just add to that. True. I'd say just. Plan, no, you know ahead of time in Ottawa anyway what your exam schedule is. The weeks leading up to it, even the last, the month before exams, I found helpful to plan my month, not just my week, but my month leading into exams, knowing I have a week to do this summary for this class. This week I have two papers due, so I don't think I'll be able to work on a summary much. And then that allowed me to be a lot more relaxed when the actual exam week or weeks came where I knew that I was prepared ahead of time, I knew that I had this much time to do this, and then I was able to allocate time appropriately. And the week when I spent, when I managed my time that week, when I planned my week out for my exams, I did, like as Jasmine mentioned, made time in my schedule to sleep, where I knew that, okay, I could wake up at eight, and I could study, take a break, study, and then go to sleep by this time. And just, have a little extra time in between there in case you struggle on something just so you're not missing out on sleep. But sleep, I think, was, I'd say, is really important. Uh, I, I know I, I had an exam where I pulled, not an all-nighter, but I think I slept maybe a couple hours, and I think I would definitely say my performance wasn't as well as I'd expect it to be otherwise. What was really important for me was to not get too bogged down in one course at a time. A couple hours of contracts, and then turn the page, do property, do um, con law, do whatever, but um, sort of immerse yourself for eight hours in one piece of material, like it's just overwhelming and um, at least in my, in my case, got, got destructive. Um, two weeks before an exam, 
by some reason done. Right? I feel really bad um, for people that sit there a week before, like, a week before the exam to like actually start putting all that together. Like I, I would go crazy. Um, so I, you know, do it. Like start early. Do a, you know, half an hour for for every, you know, class, half an hour a day, just. Piece by Actually, piece, yeah, build totally your summary, agree. and then by the time two weeks or two weeks before it's done, yeah. right? You can tweak it, you can reread it, you can cross reread some of the cases, and you just save yourself that like sprint to the finish, yeah. right? Yeah, it was a huge help. I actually, you know, I'm, I'm going like, how did you do that? But I think there's a couple classes. Torts, I had large group torts, and I just couldn't get it. Like, for the first couple months, I was like, and that was uh, like 50% and then 50%. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not, I'm going to bomb this. So I actually started making a summary about halfway through the semester, and then I was like, wait, this actually all makes sense. Yeah. Having to actually look at the table of contents of my book and going, oh, okay, I, it's kind of a weird way of organizing things, but now I get it. Yeah, starting your summaries early, it will help you as you finish out the course, too. And it easier to manage any anxiety because you could get it you get your anxiety while making summaries a month before the exam rather than making it two days before that exam and then not having enough time to even go speak to a professor about it exactly yeah. right because then your study groups are useful a tip for the sprint to the finish line you're a week before the exams and you don't have a summary what do you do that's what happened for me it was pretty much exactly what he said not to do i did um and he was probably that person, like, I was probably that person in the library who he would look at and be like, poor soul. Because <laughs> I was... What you do at that point is you go back to that study group that, or those friends you made, and you ask them, hey, who's done? Oh, everyone's in the same boat as me? Let's do a joint summary. So that's what happened in this particular class. So jointly, like, you inquire. Like, if someone's done, they're, they're kind of, like, ruled out. But jointly realize, hey, everyone's in the same boat, so we're not completely alone. And then that's kind of like, I would call this technique con uh, like an emergency technique. I really would not default to this. Scenario. I really yeah. would not default to this. In our case, it worked out, but that's kind of like the backup plan. Backup of the backup, but yeah. really don't do it. No, it's. I think that's a good point. Like people doing group summaries, it's great. But keep in mind, some classmates are going to just dump their notes in there without yeah. editing them at all. Like I've spent so much time on my sections and read through everyone else's. Was like, yo, <laughs> what are you doing? There's like five pages in here. You should have submitted one to us, like yeah. for this group summary. So you know, doing that's a good place to start. Yeah, especially last minute, you're like, I don't have time to put all this together. But definitely, you know, don't go into the exam with just that. Yeah, yeah, try and review it. We're also saying the same thing, so have confidence in whatever system you choose. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, you know, if, if you're confident, is, is most bolstered by being, you know, prepped two weeks ahead, and that's what you know is your rock-solid anchor, or your strategy is, like, are great to schedule a month ahead of time, or if you know that you've got this in two days, whatever, you know? Like, you're, yeah. you're we're all capable, smart, motivated, and incredibly... Um, high potential folks and whatever you do just have that confidence and I think I think you, you can really you can really bluff your way through good enough or you can just say I got this moving on that's part of law school is like learning your way of talking around the things that you don't know yeah. and you know being like all right I didn't know this or that or you know I misprinted one summary and missed like three pages 
And I did, there wasn't a long summary to begin with. I was like, I'm missing three crucial pages. How do I walk around the fact that I don't have this? And it was fine. So, you know, there's other, you know, secondary tertiary skills that we'll learn in law school. My contract's final. I spent so many hours on that stupid summary. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was perfect. And I don't think I opened it once. I don't think I used it once that entire exam. <laughs> So if you really, if you don't have a summary a week before, right, you're not necessarily at any disadvantage. If you've been in class, if you're engaged yeah. with the material, you yeah. know it. It's going to come back to you in yeah. a pinch, right? And you're no worse off than the guy with the summary that leaves it closed next to him for the I, full two hours. Yeah, I mean, it, every, every, I think maybe one of the tips to take away is every exam is different. Every, every time you sit, you don't know what they're going to throw at you necessarily. You have a pretty good guess, but it's a little reactive, and you have to leave that 5% wiggle room and that dynamic ability to respond. And, like, I, you know, I got questions on a closed book exam that, in a fact, in a fact pattern that you just you, you had to stop for a second ago. Okay. <laughs> and then you like the wheels start turning and you realize the entire class is doing the exact same thing. You look around, you exchange a couple furtive looks and glances and you realize that everyone's going, come on hamster, keep going. <laughs> and then the wheels start going and, and next thing you know you got this. And I think that's... Uh, no. I think on exams like that it could help. I've had a couple of exams uh, where I saw a question and uh, I didn't entirely... I, I did exactly what Josh said. Uh, I found it helpful to just, if it is an exam that has more than one question, because some might only have one fact pattern, just move on to another question. And I allowed those questions to help me maybe build confidence, maybe remind myself of what I learned if I didn't have a summary, or my summary didn't have what I thought it should have, and I came back to it. And I just felt a lot more confident answering the question, even though I didn't know the answer to it 100%, just because of what it was. So not to get stuck on a question and waste your time because yeah. you'll have a 100% exam but you'll have maybe two hours to do it. You can't waste time worrying about one question. Yeah. Actually, while you're in the exam, what do you... Obviously, you're, you're focused, but what are some... Give me some, some things you should and shouldn't focus on, I guess. When I'm in an exam, I'll give an example. Uh, I type at a fairly, like, turtle-ish pace. Um, and uh, I sit usually by what I think is the fastest typer ever, who is probably going to break their computer. Yeah. And, probably me. and I always think to myself, they must be getting so much more yeah. like on the page. Notwithstanding uh, word limits and things that professors do to make it equitable for handwriters. That's one thing that I notice right away to say, doesn't matter. And then by the time the second sets of finals come around, I got over it. Like I, I could sit right next to one of my notoriously fast typing classmates and just not even hear them. Earplugs helped. When you type, um, the delete function on the keyboard is makes it really tempting to get bogged down in your language, right? Um, where suddenly it, you know, you you figure out a uh, you know a more succinct way of saying exactly the same thing it doesn't matter right it's the substantive um, thinking that you need in that yeah. exam yeah. and I, I remember getting spending 10 minutes on like 
three sentences at one point, just because in that moment I was just in the zone and I wanted it to be perfect. But that's 10 minutes that I didn't have to actually finish the answer, right? So just focus on the, uh, on the big picture, especially if you're typing. I think uh, something many profs warned us about was kitchen sink answers. And I really didn't know what they meant by that. And I'm the kind of person who just loves looking at a question and waiting and you know, writing down uh, all the things I want to talk about and then catching the trick that they've put in it. And sometimes you're like, oh, that's great. I found this thing that, you know, I don't know if everyone else is going to get this. Like there's, you know, this overlap in this area of the law and this thing. So that's not really going to be whatever. You know, it's hard to talk, to, uh, talk about a case without, you know, actually having it in front of you. But I know I'd find that trick and I'd spend way too much time talking about it. Like, haha, I found this thing that would be the thing that gets me the A. And again, not finishing other questions or not finishing them to the way I wanted them. Get the basics down. Like, get the substantive, like, here's the B answer. Go back and put the A in if you really yeah. have the time to do that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's what I did for Colin Live, pretty much. Like, that's how I finished. You've completed all, and you just put what the substantive is. And then, as what I, I agree with Jasmine, I would go back, though I wrote my exam. Um, because I, like you, I'm just notoriously still at the, like, index fingers. So, it's just a confidence thing. Like, I, the guy next to me is just typing, like, five zillion words per second. I know by a fact I could probably write faster. Um, but I agree with that. Like, at least cover your bases and then go back and just edit or... Yeah, and I, for myself, I found just reminding myself that my professor knows that Maybe two hours isn't enough time for you to say everything you want to say, so just jot down the main points that you know are relevant and are necessary and just build your answers based on that. And you may come across a situation where you don't realize you may not finish the exam. It happened to me when in uh, my constitutional law exam. I realized about maybe half an hour left or 45 minutes left, and I was like, I'm not finishing this. But I spent the most... At that point, I decided to allocate time to the questions I knew were worth the most. Um, I think J Josh and I were in the same constitutional law class. We had one question worth about 70, 75 marks, and there were a few smaller ones. I made sure that I finished that one that was worth the most, and then whatever time I had left, I allocated to the other ones. Uh, just being smart during the exam and keeping an eye on the clock for sure helps. And what Brad said earlier about uh, doing practice exams, but timing yourself during practice exams, I think would really help in that sense, to so make sure that you don't get caught in that. So I'd say just be as prepared as you can be, but don't try to take shortcuts when you're studying for exams, because you never know. Be gracious with your classmates, right? Like, a good friend or two right before exams is so important, right? To be able to bounce ideas off, to be able to compare summaries Right, like, just be, um, just be prepared to, to help and receive help, and yeah. don't take yourself too seriously. Don't take your preparation too seriously. Be flexible. Be open, and you know. Yeah, one of my profs said, I think this is one of the most valuable things that really helps with the competitive aspect of law school. She said she's been teaching for years, and. She's actually experimented with giving students in the class all of the answers, saying, here's what the questions are going to be on for the exam. And she said the grade breakdown is exactly the same, no matter whether she tells people all the material or whether she says, you know, study everything, you'll see what happens. 
And it's because we all express ourselves differently and we understand and interpret the law differently. We've, we're all at different points of understanding how to learn the law. You know, and again, some people aren't going to get it right away. So don't, you don't need to keep things from your, you know, classmates. Yeah. Make friends with people because, you know what, it's only going to help you in the end. You've just been listening to The Law School Show. You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or at our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook and get the latest updates from The Law School Show. Career advancing advice, right to your earbuds.